0: So HBO Max has released a new docu-series called The Way Down, and it's about a church, which many would call a cult, located in Nashville called the Remnant Fellowship. This evangelical church cult was founded by a woman named Gwen Shamblin-Laura, who became famous by writing a book called The Way Down Diet, which advertises itself as a faith-based permanent solution to weight loss. The premise of the book, which turned into a whole ministry conglomerate, is that the only solution to permanent weight loss is through prayer and following God's rules for eating. And the God she's referencing in the book is the God in the Christian Bible. So that's a little background on what the docuseries is about. We'll be putting out recap episodes for each episode of the docuseries every week or so, and we'll be interviewing someone that attended the Remnant Fellowship once on a later episode.
1: Sweet listeners, and welcome to Nobody Asked for This, a mini series called The Way Down Takedown, Part One. I'm Kendra. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. Katie! (laughs) Y'all, Katie's joining us for this mini series. If you haven't uh, been on our IG or heard some of our earlier episodes of this season, Let me just tell you, Katie is our newest, most wonderfulest member of our team, really getting us going in the world of social media. And we are, one, thrilled that she's doing this with us, and also, two, so excited that she's going to be joining us for this mini-series.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: I'm
2: so excited.
0: So we're all coming from really different religious backgrounds and understandings um, and involvement with uh, different religions in the church. So we want to explain that what we're talking about is coming from our understanding of the episode based on our experiences in our religious spaces and with the church. So the great thing is that Kendra is very valuable in this context. Oh Kendra, gosh. tell us why you're valuable, darling.
1: I'm so valuable. Well, I guess valuable is probably um, relative, but I would say um, <laughs> I went, I, I did go to seminary. I have a, a, a seminarian degree. I am a seminarian. Uh, my master's is in spiritual formation. So while I did have a number of classes that you would take, as a uh, an imitative student masters of divinity student my a lot more of mine focused on kind of spiritual practices and counseling type things um, was kind of where a lot of my degree fell
0: and so was it still all under the umbrella of christianity yeah it was yeah very much protestant yeah cool thank you kendra
1: yeah
0: i think i should preface this by
2: saying that i don't know anything about this story So I'm kind of coming to all of this with fresh eyes, and I think it's weird that I don't know any of this because I live in Nashville and I had not heard a single thing about this entire story. So it's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm already loving it. So let's get started. Okay, first
1: off, we all just watched it together. (laughs) Okay, taking notes while we were watching it. Oh, it's so fun. And so let's say let's start with just like briefly around Gwen's origin story. Katie, Megan, what are your thoughts?
0: Okay. So the episode one, which is called The Kingdom, opens with an overview of beautiful Nashville and Percy Priest Lake. And you kind of don't know what's going on. Um, If you live in Nashville, you probably know what's going on. I did not though. (laughs) True, true. So maybe you don't. Uh, and then it goes into a deposition. So you realize that uh, Gwen Shamblin, who is the founder of the Remnant Fellowship and the creator of the Way Down Workshop, um, is in trouble with the law. And then we get to her origin story, which is where we kind of want to start. And what we know about her, she grew up in Memphis. She was one of how many kids? A lot a lot two or three i don't think that many oh not that many why was i thinking I think- like
2: 15 <laughs> well, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask wikipedia hang on <laughs> oh,
0: just 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 uh listen that's other to cults. this that's other cults that's, that have you're thinking of, of other cults also listen to this and know that like we're not investigative journalists um no. so like take take the ideas away maybe don't take facts super <laughs> just hold them loosely <laughs> hold them real loosely.
1: Maybe at the very end, we'll go back and do a fact check, but you know, you yeah, can Google yeah, yeah. It,
0: so. so she grew up in a family of <laughs> unknown members of quantity. So a man is talking about comments that her father made about her as a child and saying that um, she would always like, have sort of insatiable hunger. Um, Like she would get a lot of food on her plate and then finish it and sort of still be hungry. And so we were all kind of curious about that and what that might mean. Um, To us, we just thought like food scarcity, like that is a food scarcity behavior uh, and kind of a trauma behavior sometimes. And then she went to college at UT Knoxville, I'm pretty sure.
2: That's exactly where she went. Was a dietitian major? I don't nutrition. Know what exactly... They just said
1: nutrition they just said she studied or... nutrition. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But she gained the freshman fifteen, and that was like a huge issue for her.
1: Yeah, and yeah. she was trying to like connect it back to her faith, like in the midst. It was somehow in that process was when is is in that freshman year was how she started to think about oh this can't be good because you know she surely grew up in similar churches to a lot of us who grew up in the church that was talking about the body as the temple and in a way that was not appropriate to be talking about that you know like she had to have some sort of connection already between what her body was and her faith to then in gaining the weight her freshman year like respond with this, like, oh, this is somehow unholy that, you know, kind of as the catalyst to how she ends up with this workshop yeah. within church, you know?
0: And um, they also focused on sort of her upbringing in the church and talk about how she was a member of a very conservative church, a church of Christ. And that that was a big part of her heritage and informed a lot of her behaviors and life decisions. Um, what I found interesting is when the guy is talking about her gaining weight in college, he says that she gains excess weight in her first year of college. And so what I want to point out there is, um, do not watch this and expect for the cast Mm -hmm. of people speaking on this to be Mm eating disorder-informed, haze aligned haze informed that's health at every size. Which is a weight-neutral approach to health. Intuitive eating, like do not expect, be on guard about the language that they're using and try your best not to internalize it because they're still um, capitulating to diet culture in the way that they talk about these things. So yeah, Yeah, I mean-
1: And it happens all throughout. I mean, there are several instances, people who were in the program who are not anymore, who even in their talking now years later, they're like, but it worked, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's such a disconnect. I think, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, and I don't blame any of them because forget the what the church in the way down workshop, this, the terribleness of all this, our whole culture as we know is permeated with this stuff. Right. So it makes sense that there would still be some connection for a lot of
2: people, I think. I think it's interesting that the former members that they interviewed would talk about it in a way that admitted that what Gwen was doing was wrong and, like, said that it wasn't really about Christianity, like, and it was more about losing the weight and things like that. But they would just stop short of saying, like, dieting like rejecting diet culture as a whole like that was it was so close yeah but I didn't quite get there yeah that's so true
0: they also the when the same man that's talking about her weight gain in college talks about this idea of being a thin eater and he never explained if he got that language from Gwen or where he picked up that language but I thought what an interesting term like um every every human is an eater. (laughs) Right. Uh, so, you know, I don't really understand like the, the qualification of thin versus fat, like how that informs you being an eater.
1: Right. Well, and then there was like that. And that was part of that fifth, like that gaining weight as a freshman that was like, Oh, but I want to be able to eat whatever and not, like that correlation and being like well yeah. how can some people do that and others not and not like in a program studying nutrition and maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was dietitian but like the, that the the science connection wouldn't be there the anatomy the biology wouldn't be there instead it's oh it's because i don't pray enough like yeah. is why that happens like so yeah wild so i'm wondering if we kind of jump into so thin eater of these things like what were some of the things we heard as as they kind of go through the creation of this way down workshop um that i mean for us are probably like immediate red flags about what's really going on here
0: right so the way down workshop is the program that she creates Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: then it's a book it's in lifeway stores it's on morning shows. It's like what? Who we saw Tyra hosting a show that she was a guest on, like Larry CBS, King Live. Larry King Live. So it Larry gets really, King really big. Life. I know, I know, I know. I,
2: we, we should also clarify that this is the mid '90s, right? Like right. this is prime
0: time around the shit. same
2: time as the like South Beach Diet and all kinds of things like that mm-hmm. and the
1: sensationalism of this right they mm-hmm. this is for
2: pure ratings
1: not because anybody actually thinks this works it's purely ratings oh there's a church that's doing this oh that's mm-hmm. a really good story mm-hmm. like forget the detriment that it's going to do to thousands and thousands of people i don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of people yeah lives. yeah you know let's make sure those ratings are good
0: one of the first people that talks about that hit that had gone through the program Talks about how the program is sold, and she mentioned, um, you know, you can eat whatever you want. You can stop in the middle of eating a pizza. <laughs> And a candy bar. So they were just real, I was real unclear on like what this actual protocol is. That's what it comes back to
1: is that's the, if you pray, all of that can happen. That is, if you are closer to God, those are all true of you. That is, you can stop in the middle of eating a Snickers bar because God will enable you to do so. If you are connected and in communion with God, it's this complete distortion. I mean, distortion is not even the correct word.
0: Like big enough.
2: It's just total bullshit. I just am so hung up on the fact that they said, um, like Jesus declared all foods clean and like there are no bad foods. You can eat whatever you want. You don't have to work out. You don't have to count calories, like framing it as like the anti-diet diet. Yeah. And, but they're still saying like hunger is sin and like, yeah. If you like, don't eat until your stomach is literally growling and it's just, it's just bonkers how they can, the cognitive dissonance there is just so obvious.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And the, what did one of them say that, um, the faster you lose the weight, the holier you are. And so the prominence of fasting, which puts your body in famine mode, or even just like not eating until like you literally are feeling like you're going to pass out, you know, like your stomach is growling really loud at you. I think Mm -hmm. that, yeah, just immediate red flags across the board.
0: Yeah. Because that's like discounting any, any evidence of social determinants of weight. Like they're not thinking about epigenetics, genetics, environment. Um, so many different factors, like, like let's assume, (laughs) let's assume that holiness does equate to losing weight. Like, okay but how about if my mom had these genes then like there are just a lot of uncomfortable implications there yep. and I think that like the the desire to find you know, like we we talk a lot about on our, on our podcast the linking of morality with thinness and the morality with restriction but this is a higher level bullshit Mm -hmm. because it's connected to God. Like it's connected to your eternal salvation. salvation.
1: And it's connected to your community. Even just, we already hear that the community aspect is like, if you don't do this, if, if you don't, not just if you don't believe it and follow it, but if it doesn't work for you, if you don't lose Mm -hmm. the weight, which we hear at the very beginning of how they do the intro thing, then you're out. Like right. they kick you out and your community is gone. You're excommunicated. I
0: mean, yes. cold, 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 cold. Yeah. There was another quote in the episode that was, you're going to be right with God because you're thinner. So when we think about the messages that we might internalize when we see a fat person or when we look at ourselves, a lot of those biases are things like, uh, we, we label people as lazy or unconcerned with their health or inactive. Um, and then this is saying that we can look at someone and tell by how they look, how sinful they are. Yeah.
2: Or how good of a Christian they are.
1: Yes. Or how close to God they are. How mm. close to God. That's it whoa I mean and I just think like this is an extreme of this is an extreme idea but these are not ideas that are totally outside of other churches oh sure so I do there is like a part of me is like I'm glad that there this is being exposed and these are the things we're talking about but also like these things don't just exist with inside the
0: remnant
2: fellowship and the way down workshop you know it's a lot more pervasive than any of us are comfortable admitting that's
0: totally yeah well the whole idea of like um the flesh being sinful yeah there are several
1: verses about the flesh in the bible um you know one that i think we know we hear about in this episode is the body is the temple she mm-hmm. uses that a lot um we could talk mm-hmm. about kind of the context of that for sure um but another one that gets pulled out is uh, actually paul's writing in what is usually attributed to Paul, I should say in Galatians about the flesh, um, not serving the flesh, but serving the spirit talking about the Holy spirit. Um,
0: yeah. So I've heard the concept of the flesh and like denying the flesh used a lot in diet culture. Oh yeah, for sure. And so one, could you talk about like what is meant by the flesh or what's your understanding of that and how do people use verses like this to justify church sponsored dieting?
1: Yeah, I think that um, oftentimes what, you know, and this is everyone, no matter if you're a conservative Christian, a literalist Christian, a progressive Christian, which are kind of a post-evangelical Christian. Sometimes we like to point our fingers at the other side and say, they're the ones pulling verses out of context. But the truth is, is we all do it because to some degree, whether we like it or not, we are also influenced by our culture within Christianity. And, um, and so somebody takes this verse from Paul in Galatians, which Paul would always, these are letters and Paul would usually write as a kind of a response to something going on in the early church. Um, Sometimes to a specific church, sometimes more on a broader stroke, all these letters got circulated and sent from one place to the next, they would just read them to each other and then pass them along. Mm -hmm. And, um, so something I, and I can't really speak to what, but something was going on that Paul felt the need to say, you know, listen, you should not be serving the desires of the flesh. You should be, you should be serving the desires of the spirit. And when you actually read the context of this particular verse that always gets pulled out, what you see earlier, starting a few verses before, I'll just read it. For you were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love, uh, care for one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. A couple verses down is when we get into this Um live by the spirit, do not gratify desires of the flesh for what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit, what the spirit desires opposed to the flesh, it goes on. And we pull that out and we don't talk about that. It's about loving our neighbor. So what mm. happens is we take things like this because we're interested in controlling people's bodies <laughs> and people Say not having, <laughs> having bodily autonomy. Yep. And, um, and this happens all just it's all over um various you know parts of scripture being pulled out of context and what we're what i would say we're really seeing here is that paul is saying no you need to care for one another Mm -hmm. like it's about it's about the whole it's about the community yeah you have freedom but your freedom is not then for you to be self-indulgent and, and selfish and harmful to other people. And right. But you're in, in taking advantage of other people you, in your freedom is a responsibility to care for other people. Right. And so, and that happens all over the place that this, that this kind of misrepresentation of scripture occurs because we, you want to, it's easier to try and cherry pick what reinforces your cultural understandings, which is what right. most conservatives don't want to talk about yeah. of scripture, then to actually say, "Well, hold on, what's really happening here mm-hmm.
0: that Paul even feels the need to say this?" Right. So it's almost like a lot of people, probably including Gwen, um, read that and really like attached and focused on self-indulgence and interpreted that as eating. Well, right, because and of the cultural context of which she
1: was probably raised. Right, Like we talked about in her of, earlier time of having some food scarcity in
0: her life. Yes. Like it all comes back yeah. to the
1: cultural implications
0: of why yeah. she chose to pick what she Which picked. is so wild that instead of reading that and going, this is a court, okay, hang on. Also, I should say, this is my social work perspective for sure. sure. But reading that and not interpreting it as community health, like, right. let's take care of each other and make sure that we have enough for all of us to eat. She read it or some people read it and interpret it as, uh, no, I need to like eat less to look better and right. to, or to quote, be unquote, be better. glorify God to, to be, be better. better. Yes.
1: Yeah, not even to look better. That's that's almost which that is self serving. It's totally self serving. Well, and it speaks again. It goes back to this idea that culture is is the lens through which that yeah. gets interpreted as don't eat that quote
2: unquote bad foods, mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But,
2: but the, really, but the, the scripture like,
0: don't be a bad person. Right? or just like valuing modesty like just modesty yeah they're not unrelated
1: well and but they also decide they've decided what modesty is and they've decided what sinful is yes Mm -hmm. do you know what i'm like there's there's some other layers to like how they take those verses it's not necessarily about equity and you know dealing with
0: oppression it's about like did you read your Bible every yeah. morning for 20 well, minutes? Well, let's say yeah. what it really is about. And that's about controlling women's bodies because you look oh, at for sure. who is doing these programs, majority women. Well, I
2: remember there was one clip of a guy who was saying, yeah, I've just been following my wife and she lost a hundred and something pounds and I lost about 60. Like, but it was more about how they could to me, it felt like how they could prey on women's vulnerabilities, and yes. like I think men were just kind of there as a like a byproduct. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it felt like it was definitely focused on women and how they could bring them in.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it would be remiss if we don't at least mention the point that this this remnant fellowship. I very I'm very hesitant to use the word church, even just even though they call it that. Um is located in the richest county in all of mm-hmm. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They set that
2: whole thing up mm-hmm. by saying there is no diversity here, pretty much whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And that and that Gwen, uh the property is a plantation yep. across from the church where they do a lot of things up. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so many, there's so much here. Uh, We want to make sure we um, talk about Delaney, I think.
0: Yeah. And before, before we get to that, I just want to point out that one of the clips that is of maybe a morning show that she was on, the uh, anchor is pulling off books from a shelf that are like kind of church sponsored weight loss programs. Right. And one of the titles, excuse me, one of the titles of the book of the books is what would Jesus eat and I <laughs> lost it I'm just oh like, like it's like
1: what? what first off Jesus ate wine fish bread like we know what fish. Jesus ate but also yeah. olives list,
0: maybe <laughs> olives
1: yeah have some olive oil um usually over a wood burning fire or something like these so ridiculous and it's like um and and it's it's like I think this like magical idea if you know, if I'm going to be blasphemous or whatever, <laughs> like Jesus <laughs> being able to be like, well, Jesus is um omnipotent and all, you know, all knowing and all powerful and all the things. So, Jesus wants a snicker, Jesus can just make a snicker. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, he did turn like two loaves and two fish into feeding the 5,000, right? So, so like, much food, Accio McDonald's <laughs> and
2: rose all day. Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay. So Delaney. So Delaney is a story that they start to tell. It's really her parents telling this story. And they talk about how um, Delaney meets this guy in her high school and they're both high schoolers. His name's Jackson. He's part of Remnant and um, they kind of grow fond of each other. And she starts to really hide everything and turns out he's like helping her do it, which to be fair, super unusual for high schoolers to do when it comes to dating but what happens is is that her dad then says like goes and talks to him and he makes it very clear this jackson that he has ulterior motives and what he really wants is for her to come be a part of the remnant church and um eventually she runs away like she runs away from her parents they, like, as far as we know, they don't know where she is still.
2: And so this is kind of where they ended in the first episode. I just remember that they were Jackson, they like found these notes of Jackson feeding her lines of what to say about the church. And they were telling her that she had a darkness in her home. Right. and um just kind of they gave her a burner phone and eventually they brought her in front of a man who had left the church i think and that's when she just decided that she had enough and ran away and that's where they left it for this episode
0: yeah any community that is fostering dissonance between a child and their parents uh absent of the knowledge of like the child being abused or neglected or hurt in some way right makes big sirens go off in my head because it's a cult. Right. That is cult strategy 101.
1: <laughs> and the fact that there are people in the church and you know it's they're all in the community. They say at the beginning they all live in Brentwood. It's not like that these people yeah. some of them share houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
2: I noticed that. That was like that stuck in
1: my head too. Cult, 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 cult. Right. That's what they. Yeah. And not to say that if you cohabitate, that immediately makes you sure, cult. But sure, It, sure, it sure. tends to be like everybody come and live under the, the
0: word compound. Though does make you go yeah, a
1: little bit, a little bit. um And then not to even get into remnant itself as like the decision to have to then become to take the way down workshop which is what kind of brings Gwen into prominence, and then move it into a church, like to establish a church. So the church was actually established in 1999, when she's like, by the way, I'm starting a church. And also, who cares about the Trinity? It's just God. (laughs) It's a massive statement. And she said,
2: I've found the perfect church or whatever. And (laughs) I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but she just found it she She found it to find it i found slash created
1: it (laughs) it's it's so like miraculous that it's her church that she found i mean you know crazy but yeah so she um and and remnant actually uh they talk a little bit about this but is you know this remnant of people in revelation uh, which is the end the book of the end times (laughs) which is also like very culty themed <laughs> yeah, it's like lots of cults at this end times theme. Yeah. If a if a group is hyper focused on the end times, that'd be cool. Maybe run. Maybe run. Yeah. So it's really fascinating. I mean, obviously hindsight's always 2020, 20, but to think about like this group of people who were following her and and this way down workshop that every everybody loved her and like held her in this high esteem and all these things. And then she decides to start a church. And all of a sudden. It's like, it was bad before yeah. and now like a whole
0: different switch has been flipped. You know, since we're talking about the Trinity, Mm -hmm. I want to take some time and ask if you could tell us a little bit about what you learned from seminary about the Trinity. So literally what is it? Mm -hmm. And then why is it significant that Gwen discounted the deity of Jesus, the son and the Holy Spirit?
1: Yeah. Just full on father or God. Well, yeah. Wow. Okay. So this is complicated and I'm going to try very hard. So to just what is it? Very simply. The okay. Trinity is the idea uh, of the triune God, meaning three in one. We could talk all day about the cultural. Who are the
0: players? The cultural understandings
1: the of that, why they're called what they're called. But the ma- vast majority of people are going to say, God, the father and they're going to equate that to the Old Testament God, although that's not exactly correct. Um, God, the son. Okay. So we're already seeing like the masculine presence here. God, the mm-hmm. son in Jesus noted of the new Testament, and then God, the Holy spirit or the Holy ghost, which in scripture is almost, I, I don't want to say hundred percent. Cause I, I'm not sure I could claim that almost exclusively referred to in the feminine just as wisdom is referred to in the feminine. Huh. huh. Interesting. Interesting. So the, the 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 Trinity has become what I might call like, a sen- is the central idea of all Christians. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of denominations out there. When I talk about Christian gem, I'm not just talking about Protestantism. I'm talking about Catholicism as well. So the, so the idea of the Trinity is, is um, something that has, not always been true of Christendom. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, even the idea of Jesus and God being equal, long time prior, you can kind of date ev- even a little bit further back. I believe to where they there was a lot of conversation, a lot of council meetings. We'll say, <laughs> even mm-hmm. to come to the idea and conclusion that God and Jesus were of equal power and wow. worth.
0: So, but for like a thousand plus years, but, it's but for been modern kind of day. The-
1: yeah, modern day Christianity, it has been a staunch middle, you know, this is true. So when Gwen gets up and decides to start her church, and this is the thing she likes to, wants to announce that her church is going to believe essentially that the Trinity isn't real or that God is paramount to it all to Mm -hmm. Jesus and the Holy spirit. That's a massive uh, marketing scheme right there. Mm, (laughs) Say more because it's like, you've got all these people. In fact, they say in the documentary that all of these churches that had been doing it all of a sudden were like, Oh, forget this, get out of here. Right. Right. Which in cult world, that's exactly what you want, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That you can then become even more insular. Oh, y'all don't want to do anymore. Okay. Well, we'll just do it here and we'll be the perfect ones. And y'all can go be, you know, of Satan or, you know, whatever she thought about other churches. So I think that it's an incredible marketing decision to go, Well, we're going to kind of like live in the world of Christendom here, Mm -hmm. but forget the Trinity, which Mm -hmm. is a core idea of any person's understanding of Christianity
0: or claim to be Christian or anything to that. effect. Yeah. It's a big old idea. Fascinating. Thank you for your expertise on this. Well, gosh, I hope Um,
1: if you're a a actual biblical scholar out there and I said anything incorrect, please email it to us because (laughs) we'll fix it in the next episode.
0: And also just to be clear, we are not trying to convert anyone. Like Mm -hmm. I no longer really claim Christianity. Um, And Kendra, I don't think it's trying to evangelize. Oh my gosh. No, absolutely (laughs) not.
1: No, I am not here to convert anyone. I think that anyone who has a spiritual practice in their life that is working for them and good for them should keep on keeping on. Yes.
0: Yes. A thousand percent. Also, I think something interesting. I might take this out. I don't know. But um, like what I've kind of learned about deconstruction of any sort of um, framework in your life is that it begats more deconstruction. So if you're coming to this and you're deconstructing like your religious background, it might cause you to reconstruct your views on your body and on diet culture. Like those might be happening at the same time. And that's really hard to have to unlearn all these Big things that have probably had a big role in your behaviors and your life choices. Um, well, and just your foundational
1: knowledge of who you are, oftentimes absolutely. these kinds of things. And then, so it's like you're trying to pull this one brick out, but you got to pull these other ones out to get to yeah, it and right and rebuild. And that's a lot. Yeah. That takes courage and bravery to be willing yeah. to do that, especially if you're not in an environment where people around you are doing it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so we want to encourage you, if you're going through that, we want to say like, way to go. You're doing really hard work and we're here right beside you. And also it's just such an illustration of how supremacy cultures prop one another up.
1: Oh my word. Say that again.
0: Like I'm thinking (laughs) about Dr. Robin's work and what we learned from them and like it's intersecting, it's propping each other, it's it's white supremacy, it's dogmatic Christianity, it's diet culture. And they're all propping each other up. And
1: we are gonna Whew. knock it all down.
0: Yes, we are. We're all knock right. Every single brook down. down. Join Thank us, you. Kendra. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to your point about her sort of um making more of a hierarchy out of the Trinity and saying that God is the ultimate what figurehead. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's now the prophet and she's now the prophet was kind of a genius move. Very extremely manipulative to say, like also the Holy spirit is not really a thing or not relevant or whatever is interesting because my experience growing up in the church um, was like a lot of people referenced the Holy spirit, to describe it kind of as like your intuition or your wisdom that like is being given to you straight from God. So I think her plan, if it was a plan, and I do think it was in, um, destroying this idea of the Holy spirit was to take people's intuition away Mm -hmm. and to literally try to suppress their bodily wisdom and, also their hunger and fullness cues. Well, it
2: wasn't even just that, too. It was who they could hang out with. It was, like, the clothes they could wear, the, like, they were saying that they all had to match and, like, total, like, immersion in her philosophy and her ideology and everything that she was saying.
1: Right. And they made a big point talking about how she was the only like it was a big deal that as a woman, she was the leader of this fellowship of this group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just want to say, like, I'm that makes me really nervous because oftentimes when that happens, it's like, oh, well, she's terrible. So that must mean all women in leadership in churches are terrible.
2: <laughs> just- she just she girl bossed a little too hard, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that they would use people specifically women it seemed to me who had left the church and gone to another church as a sign of their their like religious failings and also they got they gained weight back so they tied all kind of three of those things together to be like if you leave you're going to be fat Mm -hmm. um yeah and that means that you are not worthy of like god
0: yeah What we know from, from science is that, that weight gain back is inevitable for 95% of the population that pursue intentional weight loss and are able to lose some weight. You're going to, you're going to gain that weight back. So uh, it was very clever of her to be like, and if you're gaining the weight back, it's because you're not doing it right. Or you're not listening to me, the prophet of God, or you're Mm -hmm. not attending this church. And that's why. Yeah. You need to fast more.
1: You Mm -hmm. need to, Fast, it's faster, fast, fast, faster, which just perpetuates, you know, the
0: problems of yo-yo dieting and mm-hmm. what that really does right, to what that does to your health. That kind of yo-yo mm-hmm. dieting, for sure. Yeah. So it talked about people literally fasting for forty days. Oh my God! You know what I just thought of the thirty-hour famine, which I did in high school, yeah. and that was like a, a pr- very popular among evangelical churches. You would fast for thirty hours, and then somehow it went to people who needed food. Maybe yeah, yeah. We talk
1: about that in Andrew's episode. Yeah, so y'all, y'all are going to hear more about it in the episode that comes out next week. So here's what we know: we know that there are supposed to be a total of five episodes for this series it sounds like based on how they're releasing them that the two additional have been added since some big old events have taken place in the last year. Yeah, We're not going to spoil, but if you like to Google and find things out, you could pretty easily find out what the big changes have been. Um, And what they did was release the first three episodes uh, all at the same time. However, we have watched one of those episodes and then now we're recording and then we're going to watch the next and record and the next and record so that we can kind of have just as we're watching along, fresh take. So if you want to do that with us and not like watch them all at the same time, which is very hard. I'm, I'm having a very hard time thinking about not watching the other two episodes right away, but feel free to do that along with us. The other, the final two, we think what will be the final two are projected to be released what? Early 2022, which, you know, honestly, not that far away, but just <laughs> FYI. So um, just have that knowledge. And it is on HBO Max, is where you can find this. And so we're going to be back for another episode, a mini series of The Way Down Takedown.